Good morning, everybody. Dr. Rick Wallace dropping in on you. I hope that you are having a great start to your day. I hope that to this point you have had uh, an impressive week. But let me encourage you that whether you've had an awesome week, whether it's been a challenging week, uh, whether you've experienced some setbacks, you're still in the fight. If you're still breathing, you're still in the fight. If you're still in the fight, you still are in a position to win. If this is this this life of achievement, accomplishment, success, and fulfillment is not about ease. It's not about a fast track. It's not about magic. It's about consistency. It's about discipline. It's about understanding the rules of the game and how the game is played. It's about playing with an intensity intensity and intentfulness. And it's about knowing that when you get um, to a point where your back is against the wall, it's not a bad place to be if you need to gain your footing, because when your back is against the wall, you can't be pushed back any further. And you can also gain leverage from which you can push and, and, and gain some momentum of your own. Life is about understanding the power you have within to do exceptional and extraordinary things. But it's also about understanding that the, the ability to do this calls for you to be able to reach down deep inside and do something that uh, most people aren't willing to do. Um, it's been said, and I often say that if you want the things that most don't have, you have to be willing to do the things that most people simply are not willing to do. And on that note, I'm going to move on in. But um, as always, there are some resources uh, that are in the description box that you can tap into everything from the last two books, uh, book 20 and 21. Book 20 and 21 are also book one and two of a six book series on personal development and achievement. And uh, I'm excited about where this is going and hopefully uh, all of that, it has the potential to do in aiding people in uh, tapping into their potential and doing unbelievable things uh, that at some point they may not have even believed to be possible. Uh, I'm excited about that. There's also a link um, to the Mastering Money uh, course. Um, and uh, of course, there's always the link that uh, are contact information to where you can get uh, to take the first steps in working with yours truly in a one-on-one -on -one basis. Uh, I have course programs in which I do one-on-one -on -one, uh, in, uh, interventions, engagements, courses and training um, that start from 12 weeks and go all the way up to 52 weeks an entire year. So uh, I'm actually a few spots open. So if, if you're serious about changing your life, uh, contact me, uh, sign up, and let's get started. Uh, on that note, today's title is As a Man Thinks, So Is He. So how are you thinking about your current situation? Uh, one thing that I find that people, far too many people tend to allow their current situation to dictate their destiny, to dictate their state of mind, to dictate how they are viewing the situation. And 
what what really blows my mind is that the vast majority of these people who do this are people who consider themselves to be a person of faith. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Faith as defined in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, and pretty much even in the dictionary says that faith is the substance of the things we hope for and the evidence of the things we cannot see. So then the circumstances is, is, is observable. The circumstance or the situation can be seen and viewed, experienced and felt. So then what you are going to do and believe about where you're going beyond the circumstance, if you're going to be using faith has to be something you're seeing seeing in your faith through your spiritual eye that you are not experiencing us currently seeing in your situation. There has to be a, a, a part of you that's able to see what you're going through from a spiritual sense that's connected to God, the most high, and that can see beyond the moment. Because when you're able to see beyond the moment, when you are seeing through the lens of faith, you're not questioning or or consulting your circumstances. You're consulting your faith about what is possible in coming out of the negative circumstance, coming out of the negative situation. And in consulting your faith, you're consulting your spirit and consulting your spirit. Your spirit is connecting with the spirit and mind of God, which cannot be uh, overwhelmed, cannot be stumped, is never surprised, knows the answer. And so when you sit up and you consult your faith and your faith consults your spirit and your spirit is consulting the mind of God that is letting it, at the very least saying you're going to make it out. You may not have the answer yet, but it's on its way. That's the beautiful thing. It's on its way and it will arrive exactly when it's supposed to. And so that's all you need to know. But, but, but what happens? When you are starting to consult faith, when you're starting to think from a mindset of faith, not a mindset of experience, but a mindset of faith, then you sit up and you can look at the circumstance, acknowledge that the circumstance is actually there. We're not in denial. We're not pretending that nothing's wrong. What we're saying is I see the circumstance, but because I'm operating on a level of faith, in other words, I'm looking beyond the moment and I'm seeing where I'm going and what's all possible and that God has the answer and I have access to the mind of God. Then what happens? That was There's something in my spirit that disagrees with the circumstance. There's something in my spirit that sees what's going on but says, that's not it. That's not how it's going to end. This isn't over yet. And that's what we're going. So your thinking has to be in alignment with your thinking has to be in alignment with what you your faith is declaring, not what your situations and your circumstances are presenting. There are a lot of people that will look at you in the way that I teach. I teach speak things that are not as though they were. Stop speaking about your circumstances and start speaking about your victory. Speak it in the present tense. Why? Because there's a powerful mechanism in that because the brain cannot determine what is imagined and what is real. When you find the way to think right, when you're thinking on your outcome, when you're thinking on your breakthrough, when you're thinking on your elevation, when you're thinking on your win, and you can see it. You have a vision. You, you put it up on a vision board. You write it down. You declare it. 
and, and, and you see it and you visit it on a regular basis visually. Your brain, when you are imagining how it's going to be to win, when you are thinking about what it's going to look like to win, when your mind is constantly saying, I am winning, your brain cannot tell the difference of what's actually happening and what's being imagined. So it's literally saying, man, we're winning a lot. And it starts to create a mindset, an atmosphere, an energy, and every cell in your body is emitting this energy, literally emitting an energy. You can literally measure it uh, in, 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 on a hertz scale that your body's emitting this energy. And so now, the uh, uh, as a man thinks in his heart, and check out, I'm, I'm going to explain heart in a second. So is he. Now, when, it, it, when the Bible says heart led in uh, Hebrew and cardia in the Greek, it's not talking about your physiological heart. It's talking about the center of your soul or what we would say in modern times, your subconscious. That part of you that controls 96 to 97 percent of your decision making, your behavior, everything is on autopilot in the subconscious except the 4 percent that you consciously do when you override something consciously. Uh, that's what's being controlled by the other 4%, but for the th three to 4%, but for most part, your subconscious, your heart, that's why you have to feed the heart, what you want the heart to uh, focus on. If you're talking negative all the time, the subconscious is picking up on it. If you're thinking negative all the time, the subconscious is picking up on it. If you're expecting negative all the time, the subconscious is picking up on it. And what happens is we've been trained to consult our current reality for our future expectations. So we begin to look at our circumstances and because they are where they are, we start to say, this is my lot in life. This is just gonna happen. And you start to create this cyclical process of thinking and expecting and realizing and reaffirming and reinforcing your idea of expectations. Something goes wrong. You say, this is how it's gonna be. So you're expecting something else to go wrong. You don't realize in the thought process of expecting something to go wrong, you lower your frequency, you lower your vibration, you lower your energy uh, out Put. And what happens is you can only attract what frequency you're on because energy is resonant. And so you start to draw those things to you. You start to repel the things that could be exactly what you need. That's why I tell people all the time, what you focus on is what you feel. How are you thinking right now about your current situation? Is it baffling to you? It's okay. It's not baffling to the mind of God. Are you overwhelmed? It's okay. It's not overwhelming to the mind of God. See, what I'm trying to get you to understand is you were meant to come up against some things that you could not reasonably and rationally understand or navigate or circumvent. That was meant for you to be able to have to plug into the mind of God to get a level of elevation, to get a higher level of understanding, to get and tap into the power. It is a relationship that is brought about by necessity. But if you consistently sink into what you're going through and stop thinking about where you're going, you miss that. Stop thinking about what you're going through and start thinking about where you're going. See, what you're going through is temporary. Where you're going is your destiny.
your destination. It's what you were put here to do. And you're going to go through some things because in going through those things, you develop an understanding. And going through those things, you develop an ability to grow, to become more powerful. You develop a strength of uh, resilience. You develop an understanding and a relationship with the most high God that there's absolutely nothing that I'm going to go through that will break me. There's nothing I'm going to go through that can destroy me. I am built for the battle. I am built for this. What am I teaching myself when I speak? And see, some of you are sitting up and you're worried about what people don't think. Oh man, he over there talking about he living like this and he over there going through that. Don't worry about what someone else is thinking because what I can tell you is those who are living their lives on the next level, those who are living their lives on the edge of phenomenal are not sitting up talking about what somebody else is trying to do. They are doing what they're supposed to be doing. The people who are looking at you and picking at you and nitpicking you and trying to dissect you are the people who are miserable because they don't have anything going. Let me tell you something. You speak things that are not as though they were. You call it as if you're already doing it. You speak it in the present tense. You declare it. It was in the book of Job where it said that you shall declare a thing and it shall be established. And in the principle that goes back, Job is more than likely the oldest book in the Bible. And that principle actually outdates that book. That is a principle that has been around. What you declare, you have power in the words you speak. Some of you are declaring problems in your life. Some of you are declaring them and expecting them and then shocked when they show up. You're getting what you're focusing on. Now, I'm not telling you that when you start doing things that they're not going to be because there are other forces working. Also, you may have somebody in your circle closer to you than you imagine that's literally working against you spiritually. What do I mean by that? They are smiling in your face, but they are ultimately hoping for your demise and their thoughts are so fixed and focused on you failing that they have energy and strength that some of the circumstances that you are facing are not necessarily circumstances that you created through your own thinking, but the people that you have allowed in your circle, people that you are allowing to speak into your life are speaking in manners that you may not be aware of that are bringing you things that you are not expecting and throwing you off. I myself have to literally sit up and look around. When I have something go on, I, you know, I expect things to pop up every night and life happens. Nobody is on point all the time. So you're going to have times when uh, the consequence, the repercussion or the implications of you not being on was going to come to visit you by way of circumstance. So for all the things that you're on about, those things are going to come in. So what are you living consistently? And consistently, to me, I look over the last 10 years because I understand the last month or two is a fraction and a moment in time of my total life. So I look over the last, have I made progress steadily over the last 10 years? Absolutely. Have I grown as a man? Absolutely. Have I grown as a husband? Absolutely. Am I learning to be a better father, even to my older children, which goes as high as 34 years old? How am I doing in that? How am I doing with my younger children? What can I be better? Because it's always room to improve. But I'm looking totally, totally. How am I moving? Am I growing? Am I uh, manifesting the things that I want to manifest. If I look at my life now and go back 10 years ago, am I getting closer to or have I achieved the things I said I would? And I look at it and I say, I'm making more than 
uh, more than just progress. I'm moving. Am I happy with where I'm at? Absolutely not. Never will be satisfied, but content. I'm, and I'm content as long as I'm investing in myself and I'm growing. I will become in. I'll become discontent the moment I see that I'm digressing consistently and I'm not growing because that's on me. But I'm not going to sit around because something is wrong now and buy into the idea that it's never going to get right because it has never worked that way for me. Everything that I've ever faced, I've overcome. Now, I may not have overcome it in the time frame that I want it. And, and with me, that's immediately because I don't nobody wants to feel uncomfortable. No one wants to feel behind the eight ball. No one wants to feel like things aren't going the way that they should go. But what am I saying? I'm saying that you have to believe at a level that you can see beyond the physical moment with your spiritual sight and be willing to step into what it is you see. Because as a man think it in his heart, so is he. As a man thinking deep down, what are you feeding the subconscious? That's why vision boards are so important. That's why vision boards are so important. Why? Because your subconscious catches everything it scans. Your eyes may pass over it unconsciously, not paying any attention, but the subconscious got the whole picture. It's logged it down. And the more you scan it, the more that it, it logs it, the more it becomes an imprint. And because you've already gave that on the vision board meaning when you consciously put it up there, it's gone through the reticular activating system, uh, 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 which is actually a physical part of the brain that processes, categorizes, and prioritizes everything that the subconscious sees. And you get to see what's important to you. A lot of times, the reason we're not getting the cues we need to get is because we haven't told our subconscious that what we're looking for is important. Matter of fact, what we've told the subconscious subconscious is by negative thought we're looking for negative situations so the subconscious is actually focusing on finding all the things that are wrong but you can sit up and tell the reticular activating system i'm going to win in my in my marriage i'm going to be more romantic i'm going to be more involved i'm going to listen and literally your subconscious will find the opportunities to do so and present them to you it's that power let me just show you how the uh reticular activating system works so you'll know what i'm talking about have you ever went out and say I'm going car shopping and you get out there to go car shopping and you buy your car, you see your car. You haven't really seen this particular model. It's a new model just came out. You haven't seen it on the road. So you look at, oh, my God, I didn't know they came out with this new model. You get it. You fly. You think, man, I got it. And now it's hot. It's impressed. You've told your reticular activating system that this car matters to you. It's special to you. You went and spent thousands of dollars to get it and you drive it off the lot. What happens? The moment you drive it off the lot, you see another one and another one. Or maybe that shirt that you saw in the store and you go, oh, this is fly. This is dope, whatever. And you buy it and go out. Now you see dudes with it. It wasn't important at first because it didn't have meaning. And so you weren't even seeing it because there's only so much. The subconscious or the heart can, and can process 400 billion bits of information per second. I mean, it's unbelievable. Most powerful supercomputer, supercomputer on the planet. It's that powerful. We just haven't learned how to use it completely yet. But the conscious mind, that part that you're actually thinking, seeing, and reasoning, and rationing, uh, going through executive function, can only process 2,000 bits of information per second. So do you see why it's so important that your subconscious knows what you can, uh, what's, what's important to you? Because it's only going to feed you up to 2,000 bits of information per second that you can process consciously. It's not going to overwhelm, let you become overwhelmed with everything that's going on. That's a sound, right? Like right now in the background, because uh, I'm, 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 I'm slow down, my grandson is crying. I think he stopped now, but he was crying earlier. 
Uh, my son just walked in, grabbed the bag. That's part of the 2000. But it's a bunch of other things, temperature, a bunch of other things that are going on that my my mind isn't calculating now because I'm focused on the one thing. And my my uh, subconscious, by way of reticular activating system, is allowing me to manage that. So that is how important you sitting up and speaking and focusing and declaring things. Because if you start to speak negative, your subconscious is going to start to look for ways to verify and confirm and validate what you're saying. So if you say, man, my life sucks, your, your, your subconscious is going to go out and find all the ways your life sucks. If you sit up and say, I'm going to fail at business, your subconscious will go out and find all the ways that people fail at what business you're trying to do. And what you'll find, though, is that there's plenty on both sides. If you say, no matter what, I'm going to succeed in business. Your subconscious will go out and find all the ways people are succeeding in business. Your brain and your mind is designed to find what you tell it to find. You got to be careful about what you speak. You got to be careful about how you think. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's that simple. What are you thinking about your situation? What are you expecting based off of what you're thinking? God meets us at the level of our expectations. I've told you that I don't know how many times. God meets us at the level of our expectations. What are you expecting from life? What are you expecting from God? Uh, Candace, uh, I hope you're still on here. How do you handle disappointments? Disappointments, delays, frustrations, setbacks, closed doors are all a part of the process. See, people want the promise, but they don't want the process. Process always precedes promise. And so what you have to understand is that if I want to obtain the promise, I must first endure the process. The process will come with some setbacks. Process will come with some hurt. Process will come with some people talking behind your back. Process will come with people throwing up roadblocks. Process will come with a moment of delay where it seems like nothing is happening and you're standing still. Delay does not mean denial. Always know that. Normally, when I start to experience delay, is right at the edge of the breakthrough. It's that moment that makes you want to quit. And it's the test of God to see if you're really committed to having it. And, you, and, and, and if you're really operating through faith. See, faith won't let you quit. Once faith says it's yours, then you believe it because you are looking through the lens of faith. So how you deal with these disappointments is you trust the long game. See, most we've been trained about to, to experience immediate gratification. I want to go out and do something and see the results of it. And if I don't get it, then I'm upset. If somebody tells me no, then I, I, I'm brokenhearted. They close the door, I'm broke. Well, that's not the only door in the world. There may be a window open. There may be a back door. There may be a side door. They may come back and open the door later. What I'm saying is that when you start to think with the eyesight and the lens of faith, you're not shut down, shaken, or moving about by someone doing something or some bad situation. It may not feel good. You may be hurt for a while. You may have to shed some tears, but you're built for the battle. You're built for it. This isn't about who you know, what you know, because the things that you're going to have to do is so far beyond your human mind that it's unbelievable, but it does not shake the mind of God. The mind of God knows the answers. I I end every moment, every morning, morning, uh, morning uh, prayer meditation with the last paragraph of my meditation statement being that no matter what obstacle or undesirable circumstance that crosses my path, I refuse to accept it. Why? Because that can be no obstacle or undesirable circumstance to the mind of God. Why? 
because it's in me. The mind of God is in me, around me, and it serves me now. The mind of God is in me and around me, and I can call upon it for my slightest need. I'm never in a position where I'm standing alone. I'm always with the one who has the answer. I have to trust that at the right time, the right moment, the answer is going to be there. I'm not going to become frenetic and unglued because things aren't going my way. I'm not going to sit down and be shaken. I'm going to find rest and in, 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 in quietness, in confidence, inside of the idea and understanding that I'm not in it alone and that the answer is coming. That's how you deal with disappointments. The answer is always coming. God is never going to leave you out there by yourself trying to figure out something that you were designed to go through. You've got to trust. That's faith. The evidence of what? Things not seen. If you can see it, you can reason it. What faith is, is the thing that's bigger than what you can reason in your own. Faith is saying, I'm trusting for the supernatural. I'm trusting for the exceptional. I'm trusting for the extraordinary. I'm trusting for the phenomenal. I am not going to become a captive to my moment. I'm not going to become a captive to my situation. I'm not going to become a captive to a setback. I'm trusting God to deliver. And I understand that there's a process to it. And I'm prepared to endure the process because my mind is set on the promise. There's nothing that you can't get through in this world, but you can't focus on the negative. You can't let people center you around the negative. You got to be able to speak with a force and an expectation of something different happening. Because when you speak with a force, and it's true faith, faith drives an action, an action of expectation, an action of moving towards what it is you expect. When other people are looking at you and go, what are you doing? And you're sitting up and saying, I'm moving towards my destiny. See, they don't have to see it. It's not their vision. Stop consulting people about your vision. It's not their vision. It's your vision. The only one that can see it clearly is you. Now, once you start to move in it, you start to manifest it. Now, what you manifest is what people can see. But the vision in its purest spiritual sense is only yours. That's why uh, in Habakkuk, uh, the prophet tells you to write the vision and make it plain. Why? So those who see it, oh, so when I write the vision and I make it plain, now people who are not a part of the initial vision can also see it. So you're putting it up on a vision board. You're writing it out in a mission statement. You're putting it on a card that you keep in your wallet. You're also programming and conditioning your mind to receive it, to believe it, to expect it. People ask me, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to get out here. When I went through what I went through in 2012, absolute uh, year of my life, lost a sibling, lost a brother-in-law, uh, lost my footing, lost everything. And I didn't whine, I didn't complain. Matter of fact, I actually started serving in the community more vigorously. And the people who knew what I was going through wasn't that many because I wasn't looking for sympathy. 
and I wasn't looking for a handout. I knew that there was something in it that I had to work through. Uh, I'm not a glutton for punishment, so I wasn't, I don't believe in, uh, I don't believe in the idea that unearned suffering is redemptive. I think that that is a lie that is taught to us to make us more accepting to the suffering that's pushed upon us. I think that there's a level of struggle, a level of hardship, uh, disappointment, delay, frustration that comes along with moving towards anything of value. I think everything of value is on the other side of fear, the other side of pain, the other side of struggle. Uh, but I don't believe suffering is a necessity. See, pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. And so people try to convince you to make the choice that suffering has honor and so that you accept it while they manipulate and use you. They gaslight you on the personal level all the way up to the government level on believing that what you're going through has some type of spiritual value to it. And that's not how God operates. He doesn't want his people to suffer. So don't ever believe that. Now, uh, you're going to go through some things because there's work to be done. And so what happens is you sit up. But when I went through this, uh, there were some people that knew what I was going through, a few. And one told me, uh, and this was powerful because I looked at this person as being one of the strongest faith warriors that I knew. And they told me watching me in my situation made them feel like they needed to up their faith game. And, you know, and like that was like powerful because that's a part of being who I am to inspire people to be better. And I was always taught that you have a better way of evangelizing people with your life than you do with your words. So when they see you in a moment and they see you pushing through it and they don't see no complaining, they don't see no whining, and no crying, you just stand up. And this is what happened. When I went through this, I had a real brief talk with God. When, it, when, when I saw, okay, man, I'm in a moment. And that's what I call it, I'm in a moment. My grandfather called it a storm. He said, son, you're going to find yourself in three places in life. You're going to be either going into a storm, in a storm, or coming out of a storm. And uh, what you do in this storm is going to determine what you are in your life. If you allow this storm to work and uh, shape you, unbelievable things will happen. He said, your only responsibility while you're in the storm is to come out a better man than when you went in. That's what the storm is for. But I'm sitting there and, I, and in this, I'm not complaining. The only, the only thing I told God is I know where I'm at now. I'm prepared to uh, I'm prepared to go to battle. I'm here. And all I'm asking you is don't let me die until I come out. I'm not asking you to take me out because you've given me everything I need to come out. See, some of you need to come out. You're waiting on somebody to rescue you, but you need to come out. You need to stand up, hold your head up, square your shoulders, make up in your mind every day is going to be a day of intentfulness, a day of purpose, a day that you're going to live to become better than you were the day before. And at doing that alone, you're going to walk out of your current situation. If you wake up every day with just the intent on growing, learning, and being better than you were the day before, you will find yourself outside of the situation you're in because all situations that are hurtful are meant to grow you. You just got to know when to come out. Some of you have gotten there and got stuck. Some of you have gotten there and expected that is your lot in life. But I told him, I said, don't let me die. I told God, if you wake me up every morning, I'll answer the bell. That was the agreement. Nothing. Else. Oh, and I told him, I want my wife. He woke me up. I answered the bell. I came out. I got my wife. I'm still climbing. I still have setbacks. 
I still have frustrations. I still go through moments, but I refuse to allow that to be the determining factor of how I see my life. I think of myself as a king. I think of myself as successful. I think of myself of being at a higher level than I was when I felt I was on top before I hit 2012. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that as a man thinks, or woman, as a man thinks, or woman, in their heart, so will they be. The question is, what are you thinking about your current situation? Are you thinking that it's un unbeatable? Are you thinking that you can't overcome it? Are you thinking that you've been conquered by it? Hmm. Um, son and grandson are here. It's funny. I'm hearing them up there and they're, they're, they're having it out. Uh, I think the grandson might be winning right now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, look, you have everything you need inside of you. It was there at birth. It's literally written in your DNA. The problem is you're consulting your circumstances. You're consulting your situations. You're consulting naysayers, people who have been conditioned and trained to see nothing. There are some people out there, and you probably have some in your camp, who have literally made, literally made it a career to tell people why they can't do something. Those are not the people you need around. You need the people who can look inside of you and see what's special. I don't mean yes men, because they are just as devastating and destructive or worse than the naysayer. I'm talking about some people that can look inside of you, see the beauty in who you are, see the potential in who you are while holding you accountable to living at that level. That's what you need. Somebody that's going to sit up and say, you know you should be doing this. Come on, you're better than that. Come on, do you really think that's what you should be doing? But at the same time, say you're exceptional. You're extraordinary. You're phenomenal. You can do anything you set your mind to. Those are the people you need. This is what I'm tell I I I'll tell you, and I'm done. I have the unbelievable blessing to work with people. And some of them come to me in very dark places. In fact, most of them come to me in very dark places. Some come and they've experienced success, but they want to experience it at a higher level. And so we work on that. But uh, many come and they're in a dark place and they're trying to figure it out. And I love the fact that I get to sit there and look inside and see what's been hidden and help them uncover it and help them bring it out and help them live in it and help them see that they are exceptional, that they are extraordinary, that they are phenomenal, that they are wonderful, and that there's absolutely nothing that can stop them from being that but them. Unleash yourself. Do something extraordinary. Leave a legacy that will speak of you long after you leave this place. That's my challenge. On that note, I'm going to get out of here. It has been quite the blessing uh, to sit down and talk with you guys this morning. Uh, like I say, I have a few slots. Um, email me or inbox me if you want to work with me. Uh, what I can tell you is um, I've gotten people who are in their uh, one year program, the 52 week program and completed and have signed up for more. Uh, I give 
more than what my clients pay for. I make that a point. That's something my grandfather, who had a second second grade education, taught me. Say, son, always fill your space. And I'm like, daddy, what does that mean? It means always give people more than you take. Always make sure when you walk in a room that the people in that room are blessed when you leave. They're not the same. And do that at every chance you get. Fill your space, son. And so this is what I'm doing with everything I have in me, with these videos, with working with my clients, with stopping the person in the store and talking to them, talking with the guy who brings the baskets into the store, stopping on the corner to the person who's panhandling and blessing them, but also looking them in the face and acknowledging them and telling them that they're beautiful. That's the beauty of it. And on that note, I'm going to sit down and actually get out of here and uh, get started on the next thing. Uh, that was my grandson walked up to the door. He's about to run into, run in here until his dad got it. Um, but anyway, I'm going to get out of here. You guys have a great day. For those who want to work with me, hit me up. All right, I'm out.